listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, mini episode number one. It's me, Kayla Lords, without the one, the only, the something, something coffee humor here, John Brownstone, which is as weird to me as it might seem to you. Normally he's here with me and he's not this for this little mini episode, but here we are. We're going to do it. We can do this, y'all. We can do that. We'll get through this together. Uh, this week, it is our first of a series of 12 mini episodes coming out every, I think, Tuesday is the date I landed on. Um, and this week's episode is a quick rundown of a very popular topic for a lot of people um, who come to our website, and that's BDSM collars. Uh, that you might use or that you might not use. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. This is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday and now Tuesdays for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at lovingbdsm on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS on the number one, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash LovingBDSM. All links are in the show notes. A big thank you to this week's sponsor, BDSMcontracts.org. If you're looking to design or redesign your power exchange, especially with everything going on in the world right now, uh, use a contract to start the conversation. They give you plenty of ideas for rules and cover all of the important topics. Now look, we do not say or believe or think ever, ever that contracts are required for power exchange relationships, but they can be a useful tool for people who want a little bit of guidance and who want things written down in some way so that they feel kind of permanent and real. Uh, we personally love BDSM contracts. We have reviewed their products before. I will leave a link to our review in the show notes page if you want to check them out for yourself. And you can purchase hard copies, um, like bound books. You can do digital downloads where it's uh, either a PDF or a Word doc and get it immediately, or you can actually do both. Uh, you'll save 20% off when you use our special link, which is bdsmcontracts.org slash loving DS. Does that sound like the handle I hate? You're right. It is because the owner of the site has a wonderful sense of humor. So just go to bdsmcontracts.org slash loving DS or use the link in the show notes. You'll save 20% off if you decide to get yourself a contract. Okay. So for this first episode, we're picking up a pretty big topic. We're going to talk about different types of BDSM collars. Uh, Y'all, I do not think these are the only possible types out there in the world. It's just when I sat down and I was like, what kinds of colors are there? These are the ones that came to mind. So we are definitely going to talk about it. Um, Colors are huge in power exchange relationships, not every power exchange. Um, There are plenty of submissives who kind of don't feel right or like they're really being a submissive or a slave or whatever label you use without a collar. There are some who don't really care. Um, Many people see it as a public expression of their relationship, even if other people don't know what they're looking at. It's a very internalized feeling. You know what it means. And so that makes it meaningful to you, even if everybody else just sees a little gold necklace around your neck, right? So um, we are going to talk about the different kinds. Um, 
just remember, this isn't this isn't all of them. This isn't every possible possible color. These are sort of the big big uh, groups of them, and then you can tailor this to your needs. So the first one is colors of consideration. While not used universally, a color of consideration is a popular choice for some new relationships. Um, I tend to see it in master-slave, owner-slave relationships, but that's not always true. Uh, the definition is quite literal. While you're wearing this collar, it means that you are under consideration to be your partner's slave or submissive long term. Uh, think of it kind of like a stepping stone. You can move up to another type of collar if you both decide the relationship works, or you can remove it if the relationship isn't something you want. It's a bit of like a practice thing. Like we think this might work and colors are very important to our expression in our power exchange. And so this has meaning and signifies that you are on a path to a DS relationship or some kind of power exchange relationship, but is not sort of a permanent collar. The next one are training collars. Uh, now in some power exchange relationships, after a color of consideration might come a training color. I see this more in owner-slave dynamics, but that does not mean that's the only dynamic where you can do that. Um, some kinksters will start with what they call a training color and skip the color of consideration. Um, they're basically just worn while you're learning how to be the slave or submissive or bottom that you and your partner both want you to be. Uh, again, it's sort of a... Pro step in a process, you know, let's say you did start with a color of consideration. Okay, well, now you're not under consideration anymore. You're in this relationship. Well, the next color might be a training color. And that signifies that you're in a relationship, but you're still learning. And it doesn't, when I say signify, I mean to you. It doesn't necessarily mean anything to anybody else looking at it, unless you're part of a larger group or a house or, um, a community where those things have significant meaning to other people within that group. Um, it is one of those things that if you're going to use it, typically what happens is once the dominant or uh, top uh, in your power exchange decides that you're you know done being trained, put air quotes around that, then you kind of level up to some other kind of collar. Um, some people look at it very much as an achievement to to experience. You know, you start at one level, think of it like gaming. You know, you're level one, it's color of consideration. Maybe you're level five, you're at the training collar. And at a certain point, you hit a certain level of ability, mastery, understanding, pick pick a word in your power exchange, and then you get to move up from that collar as well. Uh, another type of collar is I called it a protection collar. Um, so for most people in kink, a collar symbolizes ownership and protection of some sort, sort of automatically. If you are collared, if you are wearing a collar, people who understand what that is will look at that and think that that means that you are somehow attached to somebody else, that somebody collared you. Collar is not just a noun, it's also a verb. Um, but a protection collar affords the person wearing it that understanding without necessarily being in a power exchange dynamic. Um, people who understand what they're looking at when they see a collar will tend to like leave that person alone. It's similar to when we go under somebody's protection, maybe on FetLife, you know, you you are under a dom's care. They're not, you're not in their a relationship with them. You're not doing anything with them, but they kind of attach their name to you. I see this most often on FetLife and it keeps the creepers away from you. 
out in a visible way in a local community, a protection collar can do the same if it is understood by the community at large that seeing a person in a collar means that they are attached to somebody else. Um, typically while it's worn, it the dominant takes some kind of responsibility for the sickness of wearing it. Even if that just means that before a, somebody else can approach you as a submissive wearing this collar, there's somebody they need to go talk to first. So it's a it's v- physical proof of something that we also do online. I think we probably do it online a lot more often than is done uh, in the local community. Uh, one of my favorite ones next up is play collars. So this is probably the most relaxed kind of collar of the bunch. Um, this is the one you wear when you're scening, when you're playing. Uh, John Brownstone and I don't follow any particular hierarchy of collars. I have something I wear every day. We will get to that in the next one. Um, but when we're playing and scening, uh, I have special collars that I wear just for that. Now, that comes with a caveat for me specifically. When I am feeling anxious, when my anxiety is higher than other days, one of the physical symptoms I get of that is a choking sensation. So the last thing I need around my neck is a collar that makes me feel like I'm choking or it has to be very loose. So while we use play collars to play, if it doesn't feel right, it does not get worn because my comfort prior to whatever fuckery we're about to get into uh, is paramount. So it is a really relaxed thing. It's something handy for dragging a, a submissive or bottom around or attaching you to something. Um, they're usually fun. They can have their own meaning. I mean, there are some people who go through an entire collaring ceremony and the collar that they wear most often is really a, what they would consider a play collar. Um, but it is, it is probably the, the, the one with the least amount of symbolism tied to it. It means that you are about to get down and kinky and do whatever your fuckery is. Uh, and I personally love my play collars. Purple is black. There are D-rings on it. He can hook me to all kinds of things. He can grab me by it. It's great. It's amazing. Uh, the next collar on the list is the one I do uh, wear all the time, which is called a day collar. Now, day collars can have any kind of meaning you want. So they can be a color of consideration. They can be a training color. They can be even if you wanted a play color, I guess. But a day color is a color that is meant to not look like a color. It's the one you wear daily. Or some people have a day color that absolutely looks like a color. They don't care if somebody asks them a question. Mine is now an in-between look. It To me, it absolutely looks like a collar. It's a thick, heavy chain. It's got a lock at the end of it. I get a lot of compliments on it. I can never tell if the person complimenting me is kinky or vanilla anymore. So I just smile and nod a lot. But a day collar is something that you're wearing daily that signifies to you and your partner the power exchange that you have, but can usually pass for just a necklace, a bracelet, a ring, a whatever. Uh, When we talk about collars, we do typically talk about these things being worn around the neck. I personally feel that anything you wear, you can call a collar. Um, I once talked to John Brownstone about wearing an ankle bracelet, an anklet, um, because I loved the idea of something down at my ankle. Um, I know people, some people who do bracelets. I know some people who do rings. um, And those for them have the exact same meaning. This would be no different. Um, if it helps you kind of keep your kink stealthy and 
avoid uncomfortable questions, then it doesn't really matter what it is. Collar is just the common term we use, but a day collar is the one that passes. I know a lot of people who just wear regular necklaces. It'll be like a little chain, looks like something, you know, your grandmother might've worn, a set of pearls if you're into pearls. Um, like I said, a bracelet, a ring, genuinely anything. And then the last kind is what I call a permanent collar. Now a permanent collar, again, means so many things to so many people. In general, it basically symbolizes your status as a long-term power exchange couple. Now, whatever long-term means to you, it doesn't matter if you're getting married or you're not. It doesn't matter if it's a sexual relationship or it's just about the play it, or the power exchange itself. Like it has no bearing on any of that. But for people who find collars meaningful and important, a permanent collar is that symbol and expression of that uh, relationship. And some people do these in uh, coloring ceremonies. There's entire ceremonies that can be set up. There's no standard for that. It's whatever you want it to be. Um, and then there are people like me and Jen Brownstone. I wear a permanent collar. This is my collar. I've never been officially collared. And again, like a day collar, it can be any form of jewelry you want. It's just the thing that you don't really take off unless you have to and or it's the symbol of the relationship you're in. You're it's outside of a, you know, you're past the color consideration, you're past the training. It's not just your play color. It has a greater meaning and symbolism to it than that. Um, the thing to remember with all of these is that not, this is not universal, okay? If you're listening to this and you're like, I have zero interest in a freaking collar, that's valid. That's legitimate. Not everybody cares. Some people care very, very deeply. I have heard heartbreaking, heart-wrenching tales from people on both sides of the slash of how they felt the day their partner either demanded the collar back or tore it off and threw it at them. Um, for the people who find meaning in it, it's a deep meaning. There's a lot of symbolism. It's the sign. It's the signal that this is who we are. And for some people, it, uh, it's something that they can wear in public and they always feel close to their partner. So it's a big freaking deal. Okay. But if it's not a big deal to you, it's okay. Like the necklace I wear as a quote collar is extremely important to me. And yet I've never been collared. I do not call myself a collared submissive. Um, but also it would never occur to me, one, to yank it off in anger. I do not approve of that, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, and if, you know, John Brownstone said, I, I don't think we need to do that anymore, it would feel weird. But also I don't need that to feel connected. It, see, it can, it can be complicated. What I'm saying is it can be complicated. So we have absolutely talked about collars in the past. If you want to do a deeper dive into what we think about these things, what we've said about these things, um, the show notes will link to podcasts, videos, blog posts, whatever we've got, including the blog post that this week's episode came from. That'll all be in the show notes. You can do a deep dive if you'd like. Um, but that's it. That's what I have to say about collars. And just want to say before we go, a big thank you to this week's sponsor, BDSMcontracts.org. If you'd like to save 20% off a DS contract, just go to BDSMcontracts.org slash LovingDS. That's BDSMcontracts.org slash LovingDS. Or use the link in the show notes.
Yes. And for anybody who's like, oh, but I'm a cricket. Where's the bonus section? Those are only for the long episodes, y'all. I can't do a bonus section without John Brownstone here. That would just be weird. So I'm going to go. We will be back with you on Friday as usual. I hope you enjoyed this episode and see you next time. Bye.